This is episode 43 of the Christian Travelers Network. Today we're going to be talking about life-threatening emergencies that bring us to travel. Welcome to the Christian Travelers Network, where travel stories, community, and scripture combine. Recently, my sister ended up in the hospital with with a very severe medical emergency, and it was incredibly scary. And as this month, we've been talking about different types of relationships that we encounter when we travel. I felt like this was a very appropriate thing to be talking about this month. But before I dive into that story and just how God appeared in very miraculous ways, I wanted to first direct your attention to our website at christiantravelers.net. I am working on expanding our services to grow beyond our podcast and our emails and our Facebook group and Instagram and be able to offer bookings and retreats for you. So I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you prefer listening to and also subscribe to our newsletter because there you will get updates about how things are going and what new things we have uncovered in our planning process. That leads us all to the point of today, and that is to talk about something kind of terrifying that happened with my sister lately. Um, All of us have different family dynamics, moments in time when everyone's communicating really awesomely and moments when everyone's just kind of in their own world and have different things going on in life and for whatever reason, we're not talking as a family and as me and my siblings are moving out, graduating, um, entering the adult world, there's that whole learning of how do we be independent of our parents but still in communication and that's kind of where my family found ourselves a couple weeks ago kind of distant but yet checking in with one another and my sister had mentioned that she was getting headaches which were fairly abnormal for her but to me they sounded a little bit scary they were pretty piercing headaches that would wake her up in the middle of her sleep and she wasn't getting more than three hours of sleep which she had been attributing to the fact that she works night shift for those of you that work a night shift at your job man, you are amazing people because that is not a skill that I have to be able to switch between night shift for part of the week and then the rest of the week switching over to like a daytime schedule so that you can have a social life. I think that would be one of the biggest things that would scare me about doing that. But my sister had been doing this flip-flop for a couple weeks now and She just kind of attributed to that jet lag feeling when you switch your schedule so drastically and so frequently. And so overall, she was just taking some aspirin and just kind of moving on with life and things were okay. But I think she started to realize that something wasn't right. And so she tried to go to an urgent care and they said, oh, it's just a sinus infection. And they gave her some meds and for a while, they definitely helped. The pain kind of reduced itself. But then um, it continued to go get a little worse, and that is when my mom kind of went down one weekend and was like, I'm going to spend some time with you to see how you're really doing. And mom didn't feel too comfortable with things, so she tried another 
urgent care and they're like, well, this time maybe try the emergency room. And they were just like, it's a migraine, nothing we can do about it. They gave her a shot for migraines and said, you know, just go rest it off, which to me, she'd been having this headache migraine thing for about three weeks at this point, And that seemed a little nerve wracking. But the next night, uh, sure enough, uh, the same thing would happen that she always seemed to get. She'd, she couldn't eat much, but when she did, she'd end up throwing it up and then her head would feel a lot better. I don't really know how that reduces pressure on the head, but somehow it was. When she started feeling sick again, mom took her to another urgent care and they decided to give her an MRI. They were giving her the MRI. It lasted about 45 minutes and mom said that she could see the nurses starting to get a little frantic. Meanwhile, I knew that mom was gone and this was actually Super Bowl Sunday. I decided to travel to where my folks are from to go see my dad. I knew he was watching the Super Bowl game by himself, thought it'd be a good time to catch up, hang out. I've been wedding planning and that alone can add tensions to families, so I figured this might be just kind of a peaceful way to just hang out and have some conversation. And while we were chatting after the game, my dad was helping me stuff wedding invitations And we get a text from mom and she says, Rachel has a blood clot. And my instant thought is a blood clot where? Because they were doing the MRI on the brain, I, I thought. So a blood clot on the brain. And when you look that up, it, it says stroke. That was incredibly scary. And the next morning, dad and I had some errands to run, but we decided to go drive and see my sister. And We went separately because we both had different work responsibilities, different things that we had to get back to, and so we weren't sure how long either of us would have to be there. And while I was going, I had three hours in the car, and it was an emotional roller coaster. I was praying for so many different things. I mean, first of all, medical healing of every sort and that the doctors would know exactly what to do and all of those things. But then for our family, because communication was part of the reason that this had gone on so long um, without, or lack of communication was the reason this had gone, gone on so long. And I was hoping that that would get healed and that God would use this time when family time was being spent together, that that would reconnect us. And then just this, that, and the other thing. And the thing that kept making me cry was the fact that I was thinking about this upcoming wedding and the fact that my sister is one of my bridesmaids. And if something went wrong, like either she might not be there or she might be there in a vegetable state. And I know God loves her and everything would be okay, truthfully, no matter which way things would go, but it was still really scary to think that my sister that I love, who's spunky and quirky and weird and gets on my nerves sometimes, but I love her and we have really silly conversations, that like that sister might not be there in that sense. 
that was what kept tearing me apart and I kept losing it. But the more I talked to God and like every avenue of thought over our family, I was just praying and every avenue of medical and everything. It was just all coming out until I was just out of words. And that was like an hour and a half into the drive. And for me to be out of words was kind of a miracle in itself. And that's just kind of when I had peace and it didn't feel like such a consuming thought. But then I got there, which as always, getting into a hospital and finding your parking spot and finding everything was stressful. They'd started her on medicine, but she, so she would seem fine. She'd seem her spunky self and then she'd kind of get a little weird and sick again. And the doctors had come in shortly before I arrived, all 12 of them from their neurological team. And they sat down with her and they'd showed her a picture of a normal brain and they showed her a picture of her brain. And there's blood vessels that remove blood from your brain. And the large one across the top of your brain was completely clotted. And the doctors basically said to her, we have no idea how you have no physical or neurological damage. Most of the time at this point, we would be responding to a coma, if not worse. And they said, if things don't go south, this is our plan. And I think that's kind of when reality hit for mom and reality hit for my sister. And I think the fear kind of hit us overall because it was like we weren't in the clear um, and we weren't really sure what could happen. But at the same time, it was like, she's a walking miracle. And to me, I was like, if God has kept her alive up to this point, God's got something big plan for her. I have no idea what. I I have no idea. But I don't feel like he's going to fail her at this point. But at the same time, I think we need to be prepared. And my dad got there and mom was emotional and exhausted. And we just kind of like went through the day and just sat with her. And it was just kind of like reality check everybody and at the end of the day I drove the three hours back which was exhausting and I went and got my brother he'd gone to school that day so we took him to see my sister the next day and overnight the medicine had like really kicked in like no more headache no more sickness just good within that time like it was just good family time and laughter and it was just nice to be together Uh, and within the end of that week my sister was actually released from the hospital with an MRI that looked identical to the one when she entered which to me I would prefer to have seen like some of the blood clots dissolve before they uh, removed her from the hospital But the doctors basically said, you are such a rare case. There's only two other cases like hers, and those were in Europe, uh, to determine how she would respond to the medications they were using. You know, it was kind of a best guess game. It still really is. They sent her home, and she's being monitored by my family for like another week, and then Uh, She slowly gets to enter work life again, and hopefully this medication over six months' time will remove all of the blood clots. 
And when I stop and think about what brought us together as a family and what caused us to drive to go see one another and all of those things, it was God knowing that our family was kind of just going crazy and we all need to be there for each other and we needed that reminder. And at the same time, I think he was pointing out to Rachel, like, you have a really big purpose and don't ignore that. Don't underestimate the power of family. Don't underestimate the power of yourself. Like, God's gonna do great things through her. God was the one who brought us together and is continuing our conversations and He's the one that sometimes uses tragedy and sad situations to create amazing things. And I'm not saying that every single time does God do what he's doing with my sister and preventing tragedy. I'm sorry for those of you who have lost loved ones or seen something horrible happen because medical professionals didn't know how to respond at that point in time. I pray that in that and through that, God has worked something in your heart and continues to. And I pray that he brings your family together and that as you've traveled and you reflect back on those times, that you're able to see his handiwork and his heart, even in the pain. I don't really know how to end this because this is not over. My sister's condition isn't over. It's potentially genetic and that's scary. And there's other things that we need to work through. And I know that when you experience tragedy, it isn't just a one-time moment, that it's an ongoing thing that affects a lot of your life. But as Christians who travel, I want to encourage you that you use your travels to go see the people in your life that matter, that you want to encourage them in their faith walk, you want to point them to our Savior, you want to remind them that the world has a lot of things to offer, but God offers so much more. He offers salvation. I encourage you to go visit the friends and the family and the neighbors and the people in your community that just need a friend, someone to talk to, someone to sit with, and know that that is okay, that it is okay to take time from the busyness of life to spend time with those that matter. Because God could move mountains to make you feel inclined to go, or you could just listen to the call before tragedy does strike so that when tragedy does happen, your relationships are already golden. God's blessed us with the abilities and tools to travel and it's really easy to put those things off and it's often a lot easier when tragedy or sad situations happen to bring people together. But take the initiative before that point, if possible, and if tragedy does strike, take it as a blessing that God has given you an opportunity to bring people together and for you to voice Christ in the voice of sadness. I pray a blessing upon your travels, uh, no matter why you're traveling and who you're traveling to see. And thank you for listening to this story of my sister. 
And until next time, safe travels and God bless.